Hideo Kojima has been a standard bearer for the very best that the gaming medium has to offer, and has inspired many into creating a mature art form. That guy, like, he's, he's such a genius, and uh, I'm just doing whatever he says, you know, and he's like, we're gonna make people cry. I'm like, for a video game? And he's like, yep. What the cause Kojima is the, the master, he's the Kasparov of, of, uh, of video games. And then he goes, he goes, and I go, playing me? And he goes, no, they'll be you. It's not, obviously, it's not story-driven in the sense that we go from A to Z, like we do in a film. It is out of time, out of space. It is in the moment. So I think the opportunity of, of doing things we've never done before could be very interesting. He is to gaming in many ways uh, what Cameron or Spielberg are to filmmaking. His absolute passion for perfection and his narrative ambition and scope. There is nothing in his stories that he does not love and feel strongly about. You can see strands of action, strands of manga, anime, tokusatsu, epics, and existential philosophy. He believes, as I do, that we must cherish this medium not only for the entertainment possibilities, but for its artistic ones. We both believe that these things, these strands of pop culture, are actually keys to the mythology of our century. He proves that an altruistic voice and vision can sing loud and clear above the din of sameness, and that an individual with conviction and faith can manage anything through hard work. It is my great pleasure to introduce a creator, an innovator, and an awesome dude. Ladies and gentlemen, Hideo Kojima. Hello, everyone. I'm back. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to episode 16 of Death Stranding Podcast. It is Wednesday, the 7th of February, and there are 40 days to GDC, 57 days to PAX East, and 125 days to E3 2018. I am your regular host, Albert, and today I am joined by my two co-hosts, Mitchell and Steve. Please introduce yourself, Mitchell. Uh, hey, I'm Mitchell. (laughs) I was, uh, here last episode. (laughs) Yeah, man. So good to have you on the show from last time. And, um, listeners, actually, Mitch, um, he, he, he prepared notes for for this minute, uh, in particular. So we're actually getting him on the episode that he originally intended, but it was still super insightful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I think we, uh, a lot of interesting conversations and talked about very interesting topics. Yeah. I mean, the whole so. Bridges origin thing, like that was, you know, that arose out of um, what you and I talked about. So the, you know, writing up all the thoughts and everything, we've had some good feedback on uh, our speculative plot there. So, um, dude, well done. Um, okay. So, um, so Steve, my man, Steve, how you doing today, buddy? I'm very good, man. Nice to be back. <laughs> nice. So we're at our 16th episode, by the way, which is kind of cool. You know, we've uh, been doing this for 16 weeks straight, guys. What do you think about that? Yeah, um, a great feat. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think I think it's pretty good that. Uh, I mean, it tells you a lot about the kind of game that Kojima is doing, where you can talk <laughs> endlessly about the, the the possibilities about it. That's right. That's right. So no, that, and that's been good. And like, yeah, some of the sort of muscle memory of uh, like cooling up and 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 editing and everything is sort of they've started to kind of meld. But um, I've I'm never really ever gonna lose track of what um is really the sort of core tenet of interactive artistry and and this show as well is just long form um 
just you know feeling out like it's essentially just catching up and we just sort of hit record really so and with a little bit of um kind of regular sort of um spiels here and there speaking of which uh um in terms of our regular spiels for um our new listeners this is a weekly podcast dedicated to death stranding the currently in production upcoming title from hideo kojima and kojima productions as well as news and discussion on the game itself we also cover mr kojima's many and varied influences everything from literature to film poetry, TV, and more. Our mission is to showcase and celebrate just how culturally, intellectually, artistically, and philosophically enriching and eclectic Mr. Kojima's work truly is, leading up to and following the game's eventual release. With that regular rundown out of the way, let's get the show started. Amazing. So let's do a little bit of a roundtable. How was everyone's week uh, since last episode, obviously, uh, in Death Stranding and uh, Kojima News? I'll throw it to Steve. Uh, well, to be honest, I uh, I don't think a lot has happened when it comes to Death Stranding. Uh, mm-hmm. Kojima's been tweeting a lot of stuff that, uh, uh, well, I mean, the last thing I remember him tweeting was uh, something with Diane Kruger. Oh yeah, uh, That's right. yeah. <laughs> which which uh, everyone is speculating about her being on on Dead Stranding or something. Mm. But uh, I mean, yeah, you know, we, we're in the we're in the this passive moment, maybe for another trailer couple of months from now so yeah yep that's right <laughs> hey listeners also it's because I, I i i weirdly like quite empathetic towards where we're at now and and at the moment there's no um sort of uh, getting around it at the moment uh they're just sort of they've got their heads down they're developing this thing uh you know to to, to hopefully bring us some um something new uh in in e3 and i think um you know you guys have heard the adage of uh you know any time spent on anything like trailers is time spent away from the game i think that's also why uh, kojima and and co kind of tend to go pretty dark with uh, when they do dive back into dev because they've got a comparatively smaller team and um it's it's important to actually work on the game itself but we all know we both know that um kojima isn't able to sort of resist um you know sharing parts of the game and new new aspects of the game which i think it's almost a shoe in uh, for e3 2018 for us to see gameplay i i really believe that um but we'll cover around we'll sort of circle back to that when we sort of get into our um overview of the week and into news but i want to throw it to our um uh our newest co-host uh mitchell how are you doing mitchell doing good um in the sense of kojima production this week mm-hmm. um uh, I've noticed that you know Kojima's talking a lot about movies because you know he's Kojima. Yes. But I've noticed he's been talking a lot about between a lot about in the fade. But uh, I've also yes. noticed he's been talking um, a lot about uh, what's his name, uh, Nicholas uh, Winding Refn. Winding Ref. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
uh, we could see, you know, anywhere from anyone out of people who he's retweeted recently, you know, as hints towards uh, new characters or, you know, it could just be he liked a movie and he just likes to support it. That's right. These days we have no idea. And <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're, we're always um, we're always on the lookout, obviously, for new news. Um, and I've mentioned I posted actually um, a write up on the um, Death Stranding Reddit about the shared DNA um, between um, the Shape of Water and Death Stranding, which I think is a super like again personally, you know, obviously people different strokes, different folks, but um, super meritorious to 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 dive into um. Uh, uh, the shape of water because um the, I, I think someone in the comments said like they that they're that they do feel like siblings in a way like sister projects where you know they both have that sense of like fuck it let's do this let's make this happen regardless of kind of uh, potential acclaim or or polit political correctness or um anything based on a formula for success like they just said look they strip all that away and it's about the pure artistic expression and the pure creative expression um and there's a shared aspect there definitely between you know if you didn't read the write-up that's fine um i basically say that you know del toro getting to the point in his career of just kind of sort of saying fuck it and saying like i'm gonna make this film which um may initially seem like a, a, a quite abrasive towards being embraced by a wider, wider audience uh yet you know the oscar nominations speak for themselves the acclaim speaks for itself but it's interesting that again with not wanting like the that was not the intention like the intent like the pure intent there the unconscious kind of instinctive um and I think this is the most dangerous and most powerful creators who do this. They strip any of that kind of any of those kinds of um, notions of like success or whatever away, and it's all about really just like expressing something to its purest. Um, so that was done definitely with uh, Shape of Water. Um, and it's funny, like you know, I keep seeing these layers of like purity, um, purity of heart, uh, something that takes the shape of what is holding it. That's water. Um, you know, in that description there, and we see a lot of water imagery, obviously, um, in in Death Stranding as well. So I sort of, um, if you wanted to go over there and and, and read up on that one, um, it's I find it really, and the same thing with Kojima. You know, he's at this stage now where you know he's been through that intense, uh, you know, on and off kind of str intensely stressful period with them um, with Konami to now really immerse into. Look, I'm gonna. It's like again that same attitude of like I'm gonna tell my pregnant baby, you know, like Norman Reedus pregnant, you know, with a baby in his stomach, bloody you know, um, floating figures in the air, upside down whales. I'm going to go, go for it entirely with no thought of any kind of um, being widely embraced or anything like that. And it's just, I think people, whether or not you... Um, whether or not you are aware of it and like if it's something you consider like um you know spend any extensive amount of time thinking about people tend to automatically like instinctively um respond to authenticity um it's how some of the more outlandish kind of premises of the world like again i'll use star wars for an example super outlandish premise because of the authenticity and the earnestness with which it was made that's how it resonated with people not um this sort of i mean there was obviously the flashy flashy and the pew 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 and all that cool stuff but um i think that that's something that a, a work of art when it's made from that place regardless of what it looks like on the outside uh, how outlandish it is i think there's something that all levels of people can connect to um does anyone here have anything to speak to that about uh, mitchell yeah um I think that with this one, it'll be a lot of his vision of, I think, I think with the uh, Metal Gear, it was really holding him back creatively yeah. because he's been creating this universe for 30 years.
first, mm-hmm. and you have established rules, right? Okay. And when you have these established rules, you don't have much much freedom to uh, you know do things. You can't do something completely different because then you create plot holes and then more questions and then things get more convoluted. Yeah. And so he didn't have enough. I don't think he had enough freedom to just do something completely crazy or different, uh, gameplay wise or story wise. And I feel with um, Death Stranding, it's going to be, uh, you know, he's going to be able, he has full creative freedom. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like he's going to really hammer down on, you know, different gameplay like he did with uh, Stealth. And, you know, he can't really add new things to Stealth now. It's been, you know, it's been done to death, <laughs> Death Stranding. But yeah, yeah. I feel sure. like if he's, if he's creating a new way to play, Okay. Um, this could be a big thing, you know, for, for him, I think personally, I think this could be the best thing for him right now mm. is that leaving Konami, I think was, a, is a big, it's a big thing for him. And I think for his family, because yeah. that's a stable job that he had for 30 years mm. and, you know, going out and going to another massive publisher like yeah. Sony. Yeah. And having them fund his new project is a big thing for him. Mm. And I think he's, I think you can tell he's stressed. It's not, it's, I don't think it's anywhere near the point when he was working on uh, MGS5. You know, I feel like he's very stressed because he couldn't work with his team. He had to go through someone else and it was just a bad time. But I feel like he's very stressed here because, you know, he's got to prove that he's capable still. Absolutely. And I don't think he has to prove, but I feel like for like a lot of people, a lot of even MJS fans are disappointed with uh, five story wise, mm. mechanical, perfect. Yeah, mechanical. Story wise, yeah, not definitely. so much. True, true. And we all know the story between those, but yeah. I feel like this, I don't think it will be his magnum opus, but I feel like he's going to be a lot more creative in how he makes the world, what rules he sets up. Yeah. create a lot of freedom and yeah um, something like, un- like, like feeling un- unfettered rules. exactly like just with that um with that freedom of, of, cre- of creativity uh which again i think at, at certain whether it's something that catalyzes it uh, either maybe a certain span of time spent in the industry or a particular series of events which in kojima's case it's both he's you know been at this for 30 years and then you add to that um the the, the konami kind of debacle it kind of com- creates this alchemy of like literally i'm at the stage of like fuck it and um entering that purely creative um um, and and an unfettered kind of uh, space. So yeah, no, definitely agree there, uh, Louise. Anything from yourself, um, Steve, on on that subject there of uh, unfettered creation? Uh, yeah. Uh, before before I start talking, um, oh, yeah. someone decided to build something and start some construction outside my house, so I might have to leave or something. Sure. <laughs> okay. Just start hearing like uh, some drilling. That's totally fine. Mitchell but, and I can uh, take it from here. Yeah, but uh, no, but um, yeah, actually, actually agree what uh, with what Mitchell was saying. Um, I was actually thinking on. I was thinking about, for example, what Shinji Mikami does, mm. uh, because um, I, I I get the feeling that this this is a guy that makes very original games and is not concerned at all with the sequels. Yeah, you know, he's not like he, he made like Resident Evil One and. And he made uh, like uh, Vanquish and God Hand and everything like that, but he's not concerned with the sequels. The only sequel I think he's like yeah. the Evil Within, mm. but he's not like he was never concerned about. Okay, uh, 
this work, let's make Resident Evil 2. He was only like, he didn't direct the, the, the sequels to Resident Evil up until 4. Yeah. 4 is actually like a completely different game from what we uh, were used to in, uh, with, with, you know, Resident Evil 1. And Kojima, up until the, 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 the Konami thing, was like the complete opposite of that because his, his career was basically Metal Gear. True. You know? And um, this is something that that really confuses me with the people that want Death Stranding to be, I don't know, Silent Hills or to mm-hmm. be Metal Gear Solid 6, whatever. Yeah. Uh, it, to me, it's really confusing that they feel like that because this is possibly the best thing that could happen to Kojima, to a man as creative as Kojima. Yeah. You know, this this is, a, I mean, this is a completely new game, a completely new uh, IP. And you're telling me that the only thing you want from one of the most creative guys in the industry is to continue doing Metal Gear Solid games. I know, uh, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so this is what this is what Mitchell was mentioning when he's, he he would be practically he would be limited to that to that story to those rules to that world. Yeah, and who wants so, to see a creator um, like that limited? Like he, he really is. He really kind of in many ways embodies like limitlessness uh, and even going beyond limits with like football yeah, breaking. I mean, you know, yeah. Uh, uh, absolutely, and you were so, you, you were mentioning um, Del Toro. Yeah. The thing is, uh, this this is also like you you said that this is kind of a like a carte blanche for him, where he just went for like, okay, we're I'm gonna do whatever I want. Mm. But you can tell that he's also. I mean, if you know what the projects uh, Del Toro has been involved in, you can tell he's also like he's been very restricted in certain things with studios. He wanted to do, for example, a a, an adaptation of um, The Shadow Over Eisenmouth, a HP Lovecraft book. Mm. But he couldn't because the studio was telling him stuff like, okay, but you got to make it PG 13. Yeah. And you got to make it like, you, you cannot have the gore in the scene and everything like that. So he had to do another project. I think he went to do, um, uh, I don't know if he was Pacific Rim or other thing, which is completely different. Yeah. Uh, but but he's also been limited in his in his career. To, to a certain thing he, he, he was he was he was talented enough where he could get to make big budget Hollywood films mm. and then he goes uh, to the studio and makes a, 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 and pitches this 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 movie that is very that is very gory and very uh, and you know very strange and the studio is only going to tell him no uh, <laughs> no because yeah. it's not PG-13 it's not for everyone yeah you know so it's lucky. It's, it's it's lucky that we have still uh, like creators who, who I mean, where the studios give them like the budget and the stuff to, to do what I know what they want to do. I know. And and is, d- I mean, and this is yeah. Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> that's just okay. like the ahead, thing that is happening with Kojima. Ah, yeah, absolutely agreed. Absolutely, um, and and again, it's uh, listeners as well. Like, um, you know, uh, one one of the things that like really kind of defines um, sort of interactive artistry's kind of endeavor is really recognizing uh, we sort of celebrate the medium um, overall, uh, and and in any and like it, literally in any way that um, you know it's it's expanding or becoming richer or or where, where these in, where these uh, endeavors you know these games these fucking artworks works of art that they they add continually add to the legitimacy of the medium and, and to it add to its variety just and and that are just generally additive um death stranding really 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 could represent a, an explosion i mean we've used these this this um 
this terminology of the, you know the fourth explosion you know things will never be the same um it's important to 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 be open to reading these things in more ways than just you know the literal um and i agree wholeheartedly with everything you said louise about like how there's this special kind of alchemy um again if we thought use that analogy of like um yeah like um you know combining chemicals or whatever if you and and, and that that rarity of of having someone with this much creative freedom that is this well funded you know, with this much prestige, like there's this perfect storm really around. It's no wonder Death Stranding was our first, um, uh, you know, show because in many ways it's it's an embodiment of that as well in its own way uh, of of interactive artistry and, and kind of that that whole, um, uh, yeah, that that approach and and viewing this medium through that lens. And so, it, I you know, it's like we've we've started from into a way to podcast. We've started God of War. We've um we've actually been exploring different ideas of what to do with the main show, which is fantastic. Um, and I'm looking in, I'm looking forward to in all these ways, like that's, that's what, what better thing could you hope for, for a game that a game makes you take, like sit back and say, not only think about the production itself and like the people involved, but then make you consider the wider medium and how, how alive, um, and how alive this, this, like this, uh, you know, like, and, and and essentially to make you consider like what's happening on the wider scale because it it is it is a line in the sand historically to me it it's like if we've gotten to the stage where we can see you know a baby giving the thumbs up from inside the stomach of a major tv star that stars alongside a major film star in mads mickelson um you know with this sort of yeah this this level of um uh, you know, like inter inter um, inter industry and intermedia collaboration with like you know yeah mainstays of like Hollywood and, and TV series, um, it 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 really feels like a a really really intriguing um really intriguing premise and um it's only gonna get um more uh yeah there's there's only gonna be more discussion surrounding it as the days go along as we say at the top of every show listeners we have a number of days until the next event um. I'm just going to, you know, we have GDC coming up first. Uh, but yeah, anyway, um, yeah, I want to say, uh, Steve, thank you so much for that. I, I really appreciated that, man. Uh, just cause it, yeah, dude. And yeah, another thing I wanted to mention is that you, you were, for example, you were um, talking about Star Wars. Yeah. And the thing is, what res- I, my opinion is that what resonates with people yeah. is like, uh, it's mainly a good story and good characters. Yes. It doesn't matter what, 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 the, what the setting is. I mean... Star Wars, you could argue that it was just like medieval adventure story with wizard and a yeah. knight and everything, but but in space, and it yeah. was the rebels against space Nazis. Mm. So, uh, but what what resonated with people was, uh, I mean, the character of uh, of Luke Skywalker that you could that you could um, you know you could relate yeah. to a character like Luke Skywalker and how amazing characters like Leia and Han were and Obi Wan. And so, um, yeah, that's 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 the most important thing, and that's what resonates with people. I think, uh, yeah. for example. With Kojima, um, a lot of people, for example, complain about you know uh, MGS4 having this long stretches of mm. of cutscenes and stuff like that. But uh, but you really care about the characters in in that game. Um, <laughs> yeah, the ending of that game is very effective because you care a lot about the characters and about Snake's sacrifice. Uh, and you really, by that point, you really know these characters very well. You know Gone very well. You know. Um, you know Campbell and mm. and Merrill, and and it, so it 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 works wonderfully in, in in that game because Kojima took the time to develop his character. Absolutely, totally agreed, man. 
for sure um and yeah and that's again when i this one of the really beautiful um side effects and 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 uh yeah like that what 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 doing um um this program with you guys every week it it really always kind of keeps almost it almost keeps the focus um on on where we're at and to make sure because when you dip away from it and like people you know um keep their heads down they go back into production that's when media outlets start being like oh when's this when's that and like they kind of drift away from um you know in in some in some senses not saying this for all outlets or all people uh but um that that can be something that happens is if you kind of start going into your own ideas of like oh well you know how how long is it going to be until we we see this or that or the other and that's what made me but for me it has the kind of the opposite effect it's like doing this program actually um and when i do the countdowns every every episode it makes me it's almost like keeps me focused on like holy crap like you know um like it keeps keeps me outside of any kind of jadedness and it makes me like things like such as what yourself mitchell said and like what yourself um steve said it, it makes me look forward to um things even more um and i find that with like my favorite podcast personally this isn't like two our tuning our own horn or, or blowing smoke or anything it's but uh, i know that um that that's something i appreciate from when i am sort of following the production of something to hear people who like resonate with me and like speak from a like-minded place um to something i'm passionate about um it, it really enlivens that and even though entering the kind of quote-unquote dark months of like leading up to um e3 it's important to 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 not lose sight of um of the endeavor at hand for sure um speaking of which um uh, yeah, GDC, I want to quickly, before I go into kind of our um, listeners, I'll sort of give you an outline of, of what we do with the structure of this place. Because um, I know, Steve, did you uh, did you say that you had some construction stuff happening you might have to dash off, or I don't know? Or you're good? Uh, yeah, it's not, not uh, it's not very, I mean, it's not very loud, but uh, in case you hear something and it started like, <laughs> it yeah. started like, you know, uh, ruining the, 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 the stream, <laughs> uh, you can just tell me and that's fine and i'll just, <laughs> I'll and, just up. yeah yeah you gotta stop that man every time you say about leaving you use always use that phrase of like i'll just fuck off it's like no man <laughs> you know words words matter <laughs> no don't say that <laughs> like just say like leave like uh, like if you want to say anything like that it's like no steve doesn't fuck off steve graciously and classily leaves a room that's what he does fine but <laughs> yes thank you thank you words matter um I wanted to say, yeah, so I want to do a quick little roundtable on GDC, even though it's a bit early, um, this far out, you know, uh, it's probably going to be probably one of the, our quickest roundtables before I launch into structure and the rest of the show, um, breaking down, by the way, um, yeah, breaking down the fourth uh, minute, uh, which we have decided uh, to title um, very creatively. Uh, the next batch of titles, by the way, listeners, if you jump on the Instagram and you see the kind of schedule that I've posted, um, yeah, like I, I sort of title things pretty much intuitively, uh, but um, for the next, um, yeah, sort of four titles, um, it'll be uh, essentially what's happening within that minute. So um, it'll, yeah, I mentioned, you'll actually hear in the bloopers me covering this as well with the when Steve asked me. But um, yeah, The Unseen and the Golden Mask is this episode, followed next week by The Child and the Grasping Ones. Uh, the week after that is The Handhead Titan and the Feeder. Uh, and the one after that is the fetal refuge of purgatory and after that the crate escape and the last explosion so there you have all your february covered every week and the first week of march before we launch into our off season which will be influences in film starting with stanley kubrick on the 14th of march so i can't fucking wait um i think uh, dean is a 
pretty pretty big uh, Kubrick head, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. So two actually, we'll do two roundtables. So first of all, I want to go around and just sort of mention how the likelihood of whether or not we'll see anything from Death Stranding at GDC, uh, even though because we count down it, count down to it every time. Um, what do you think, um, Mitchell? Um, what what do you think we might possibly see at GDC? And does Kojima have a history of showing anything at GDC? Yeah, we're going to see some stuff, but don't expect trailers or anything in your story. Okay. Um, yeah, last year we got some stuff um, about lighting and stuff. So I feel like we're going to see more about creating mm. a photorealistic environment in a an entirely interactive uh, environment, you know? Mm. Uh, I feel like Kojima Productions, some, some employees from there and some employees from Guerrilla King mm. are going to be dispatched and they're going to talk about uh, going Decima. from yeah, uh, yeah, Decima from going from a, a very uh, stylistic looking game with lots of colors to something more uh, looks very very different with very dark colors and very photorealistic uh, environments and people. Mm. I'm not saying Grilly Games isn't, but they took a lot more, um, I guess, uh, stylistic, more of a, yeah. an animated feel to it. Rather, with Death Stranding, it's going to be more photorealistic and how they've repurposed the engine to work with this. So I feel like we're going to get a lot of those. I would love a, decima, a, a sort of um, a spotlight on Decima and saying, hey, this is how we're literally shifting this engine from Horizon yeah. um, to to uh, yeah to work for um, Death Stranding in a more and like seeing more technical yeah. details of that. I'd like that, man. Go ahead. Yeah. So we got we had some, I think, last year where they just talked about um, subsurface something uh sub, i don't know something i'm not a 3d developer i don't work okay. with 3d games work 2d so i don't know the the terminology for it mm -hmm. uh but basically they're talking about how lighting works um below a surface to create it more realistic and they're talking about how whether in you watch it they, they have the scene from the game of 2016 where they showed mm -hmm. how they made the fog how they made everything look so good and the different parts of it mm -hmm. of the development for that scene and i feel like they're gonna do that um again you know but it's not gonna i think they're just gonna dissect the uh scene from the newest trailer and just so like this is how we got the rain effect this is how we got this happened and that happened yeah how we got the light in here work and stuff like that so we're gonna get stuff like that no, no trailers nothing like that but that's just my thoughts okay cool what do you think um steve um, I think yeah, if there's something, it's going to be like yeah, an, uh, like an engine engine breakdown of the of the last trailer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't expect like anything regarding like story or, or like a trailer for like six months or something. I mean, um, I'm sure they're working very hard on the game and they don't want to. I I don't know. I don't know if the game is going to spoil it or something. But I, yeah. I but I hope I hope it's not like soon. Where and I don't. I think they have like a substantial gameplay uh, yeah. where they can show an entire level or something. Yeah, no, gameplay so, is yeah. E3. Uh, I, I'll, I'm prepared to bet. Um, I'm not sure which organ is the most disposable, but whatever the most disposable organ I have is, I will bet that on gameplay. Um, please, organ harvesters, don't come after me. Anyway, um, so yeah, um, 
I think yeah, it's very. It's, I was just looking through the history sort of of um, Kojima's relationship with GDC. There was a trailer in 2013 premiered at um, uh, yeah, for the um, Phantom Pain, which is awesome. You know, again, that's see how early that is to re to release. So um, going by that logic, if we want to do a quick little extrapolation, uh, so 2018. Um, let's say if 2018 was 2013, two years after that, the game comes out. Again, we have to remove the Konami factor, which Konami, I'm sure, had an impact on just like. Again, we will maybe hear about the full story of how hectic it was over there in like some book down the line. Needless to say, I think there was um, some of the development time was was because of like uh, like the increase in development time is because of clashes as well, not just the ambitiousness of the project itself. Um, so let's you know take that and maybe shave off maybe six or seven months. We could be looking at an early 2020 release based on that kind of that premise of anything being shown at GDC, but. Again, that's really up to the fates and up to, um, you know, who knows, guesses for now. Have you guys joined Reset Era by any chance, those forums, the replacement for NeoGAF after the big controversy? Nope. Nope. <laughs> well, jump on. It's really good. Um, people talk about this sort of thing reg on the reg, you know. Um, it's really, really fascinating sort of predicting and going off of previous patterns. But again, you know, Kojima defies patterns, which kind of makes it interesting to discuss this stuff. Um, so listeners, um, we do have a weekly, we have sort of a structure here. Um, I figured I'd mention it, um, even though we're about 40 minutes into the show. Um, so what we do is after our bit of a roundtable just at the beginning here, we um, just yeah sort of catch up on each of our respective weeks which i've kind of been chiming in here and there with my week i'll sort of tail mine off before jumping into the rest of the segments with my two awesome co-hosts today um after that we have our reddit rundown which is just we just look through our amazing point of origin our birthplace reddit um and um sort of shout out anyone there that like will each sort of i'll throw it to each of us um and sort of point out who resonated with us the most and give them a nice shout out for, for their work um after that we have a um a readout from so the reddit readout uh so reddit rundown reddit readout where i'll jump into a specific post and we'll have a natural sort of um a short little five ten minute discussion based on that post in particular um and then after that our fourth segment is we have supporter shout outs um so to folks who have either commented either on the twitter or on the facebook which we've been getting some awesome um, messages from on the facebook guys um there's actually someone saying that they were wanting a listener section which i completely agree with um as in to have people actually uh, email in um, their uh, recordings as in just maybe use your voice memo to write up your thoughts and, and we'll have a community question every week. Um, do you guys like the idea of that? I'm um, Steve and Mitch. Yeah, like if it's like a, maybe a question or yeah, so we feel, like we that, feel the know? question. Yeah, feel that the might question. Be interesting. That's right, and so not just that, but there'll be also the implicit, um, uh, you know, like like news. You know, we're all following the news. Everyone on on the subreddit is is kind of checking this thing daily. Um, so that kind of keeps everyone in the one zeitgeist and um and and in the one and on the same page. So having people share those sort of um yeah, that would be really great. So listeners, if you did want to um record yourself, you know, discussing your thoughts on Death Stranding, um, kind of as a sort of a mini guest, as in appearing via you know voice memo please do and just send that mp3 file um you can do it pretty easily if you've got an iphone you just open voice memos record uh, and the next time you plug your phone into uh, your computer it'll just appear on itunes as a voice memo drag that from itunes into an email and then send it through to deathstrandingpodcast at gmail.com um, and make sure to m mention your name and um, and all that so that we know how to credit you um, appropriately so that'll be really good so yeah little tangent there um, so after supporter shout outs we have our main topic which for this one is going to be a very um, 
um, sort of in our own way. I won't say either cursory or in depth or anything. We're just going to take it as our own sort of way that we'll interpret it. The fourth minute of the um, of the third trailer, uh, where again we see Mads arriving, so we might even dive into Mads a bit. We actually have um, I posted on the Instagram. There's a picture of like Mads holding a cat, so it's a bit of a Mads week based on um, you know him again he being heavily rumored to be that figure that lands on the car. So there'll be that. Um, so after the main topic, we'll have closing remarks. Um, and after that, we have our sign off. So yeah, let's. I'll quickly wrap up my sort of um, uh, my sort of week in Kojima Death Stranding, uh, and then we'll um, dive into um, Reddit uh, for the Reddit rundown and the Reddit readout. So, um, do you guys have the Reddit in front of you, by the way? Uh, I don't. You gotta every time. We gotta do this every time. Every I time. do now. I do now. I do that. I do this now. Fantastic. Please do. Yes, and have your. Um, Reddit's at the ready. Oh, do you like that? Come on, Steve. How many points do I get for that one? Come on. Out of ten. For what? <laughs> oh, that's so that's, <laughs> that's so disheartening. So you didn't it didn't even register to Steve. I said, um, have your Reddit's at the ready, as in a pun. And I was like, how many points out of ten would you give me for that pun? And you said what? <laughs> as in zero points. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't listen. That's a, that's a six. That's a six. Okay, all right, all right. I can uh, I can live with myself with a six from Steve. How about you, Mitchell? <laughs> How did I do with that one? Okay. Uh, um, this is horrible. I, I'm, I do I'm, a seven out of ten. A seven. Okay, a six and a seven. All right, that's fine. Yeah, slowly dying inside from my puns being unloved. Then, then again, a true punster cares not for the love of the people. It's all about the puns unto themselves, and that's what it is for me. For show, <laughs> for show. Okay, um, need to read it. Um, right off the bat, we have a, um, and this is, you know, again, I'll we mix the sections here, listeners. As I've said on many podcasts, other podcasts are like a series of courses. We are a giant baked pie. I like, I like with this analogy. I, I really enjoy it. Each of the courses is an ingredient. We weave them all throughout, and we sort of have a general direction that we go in. But we jump in and out of segments all the time. Um, User ULT Sandwich, who I am sure that I have read from before, you are awesome. Um, I said uh, on the post where you do the pre-recording post, um, Death Stranding Podcast Episode 16, The Unseen and the Golden Mask is recording in 10 hours, and we're breaking down the fourth minute of the third trailer. Post your comments below, etc. So ULT Sandwich, he said, uh, he or she or they say, uh, damn, I'm late, but in case you'll see this, I want to tell you about an idea I had. You might have heard of the Charon's Obol. Ancient Greeks and Romans placed a coin in the mouth of the deceased before the burial as a payment for Sharon. Now Sharon is the ferryman of the dead, carrying souls from the world of the living to the world of the dead, more specifically through the river Styx. Two things to mention. Sharon, in some legends, transported living heroes physically to the underworld, not just the spirit, and whoever couldn't pay the ferryman was forced to wander the riverbanks. So what if the golden mask is used as payment, or rather as bait, or perhaps it is some substance that allows passage between worlds when the conditions are right? And I said, you're totally in time, we'll include your thoughts. So um, I'll throw it to Steve. What do you think of um, Yulti Sandwich's um, idea of, of sort of the significance of the golden mask? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good, I mean, surely it's, it's something of a, uh, it's, it's something of, a, of an Easter egg trying to, trying to convert this cultural thing, this like, ancient roman and ancient egyptian death yeah. rituals into like uh like a sci-fi setting yeah um which is something I'm, I'm sure kojima i mean he he's he's done it before for example with uh we've seen something like this in in some of the enders for example so yes. um 
That's correct. Even though he didn't direct that game, but but uh, but yeah, I'm 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 sure it has something to do with uh, with a ritual uh, by which you 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 take this dead body to 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 uh, you know to a there place where where you don't get eaten by these monsters. <laughs> it really, really does feel like a ritual of some kind, and I, I completely agree with you there. Um, Mitchell, what did you think of uh, Eelty Sandwich's thoughts on on sort of the significance of the golden mask on the corpse? And and also on on Mads's character or the floating character. Go ahead, Mitchell. Go well, right ahead. Well, yep. um, there's definitely uh, significance to the undead because that's just the major theme of this game is death. Yeah. So anything could be possible. It could be Egyptian. It could be Greek. It could be Roman, which is basically Greek. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I feel like it could be an offering. It could be a uh, an offering. I like uh, that. I hadn't thought of that. That the corpse disposal is like an offering of some kind to maybe keep the creatures away or appease them. A seal of a sort. Yes. You know, like uh, like trap them in there. Yeah. I don't know. I'm with, I'm with yeah, I'm with the the, the the seal um theory. Yeah. Um that uh because it, it goes in line with sort of the appearance of the um uh of the yeah, of the rest of like the you know, that it looks super like strapped in all these security cables, all these, you know, like um yeah, like straps saying like danger and everything. It just very much feels like a, um yeah. If it was an offering, I think that it'd be more decorative. It'd be like, you know, maybe with elements uh, of like you know to appease the gods kind of thing, but it very much feels like it's a security thing um, to kind of seal it in. Um, so I think that's going to be I think my running theory from now on. So, um, but yeah, definitely for that one there. Um, so yeah, I want to thank Amulty um, Sandwich for for posting that. What a really cool comment. Um, we'll dive further into the Reddit readouts um, soon. I'll just quickly wrap my week in Death Stranding and Kojima. Um, so I've been really like again, we can't go over. Um, uh, you know, uh, not we can't we can't overlook the Cloverfield paradox, which we saw um, appear out of nowhere alongside all the amazing, um, uh, you know, um, for me, speechlessness-inducing, awesome, um, uh, yeah, Super Bowl trailers. I, I love the solo one. I think it was incredibly well done. I think it's a return to form for um, uh, for the for the Star Wars films uh, personally, um, and um, yeah, for the Jurassic World um, Fallen Kingdom, which. We've talked about the shared DNA between, uh, you know, Crichton and um, and and Kojima and um, and yeah, themes of environmentalism and and all this. But um, needless to say, without trying overtly to tie them together, phenomenal, phenomenal trailers. And then yeah, this out of nowhere, this movie comes out. You know, J.J. Abrams, uh, who um, by the way uh, went on record at the Dice Awards um, uh, as being a huge Kojima fan, um, you know, actually when he was given his lifetime achievement from from that speech, you know, the from the um the the awards um where I get the speech from um from the beginning of all of our episodes with with uh, Guillermo del Toro, uh, at the same event JJ uh, spoke about um. Kojima's, uh, yeah, like his 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 storytelling sensibilities and like his uniqueness as a as a director and as an artist uh, and as a creator. Um, so and yeah, there's like there's definitely a connection between the two. Um, I'm not sure if it would be on the level of um, like uh, how Kojima shares with uh, GDT, you know, um, Guillermo in terms of that, um, you know, peer-to-peer kind of collaboration, which you know, as was evidenced with the sadly cancelled uh, PT. But we did see um, we did see that connection form between the two. So we could make the small little tiny argument maybe worthwhile doing maybe a one like a single round table about it about the connective um uh dna between 
um, Cloverfield Paradox and Death Stranding. However, we don't know too much about it yet. I haven't seen it personally. Have either of you guys seen it at all? Uh, I haven't. That's no. cool. I've I've read the I've read the summary of it, but uh, okay. I haven't watched it yet. I've just been you know, kind of busy. That's cool. That's uh, totally cool. But um, looks interesting. Yeah. Looks intriguing. How about you, Steve? Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but I actually uh, I gotta say that I hate what, um, what <laughs> Abrams did with the with the supposedly second uh, Cloverfield movie, which had nothing to do with Cloverfield. It's, it was more like. Um, that was actually a movie called The Cellar. It was a small independent project called The Cellar. Yeah. That, and J.J. And Abrams happened to be producing uh, the film, and he, he just basically co-opted it. <laughs> he just basically said, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're, we're gonna give it a like a, a we're we're gonna give it like a promotion like yeah. stuff like a yeah to wave to, to like we're, to, we're gonna to promote it by calling it by by yeah." Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna promote it by calling it Cloverfield, even though that movie had absolutely nothing to do with Clor <clears throat> with Cloverfield. Sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, and I I just I'm just wondering if this one actually has something to do with with what the first movie has, was about, or I don't know. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a bit of that. And um, look again, that's that's totally valid. Um, I think in many ways the um aspect of Cloverfield being a anthology series wasn't planned from the start again a little bit like Ojima, you know like he, he he wasn't planning on all the sequels that, that came later again uh they um he sort of pivoted with that and, and was able to turn something turn it into something quite quite intriguing you know this saga that was all sort of interwoven together and mgs4 to tie up a lot of those uh loose ends with the modern titles and then yeah you know mgs5 doing the same for tying up the older um sort of snake eater era um so but i i, I but i agree with you man um to a degree, I think the seller, um, like, it, there's no question, and we can't argue, you and I, Steve, that, like, it did better because of the Cloverfield Field, J.J. Abram um, connection. And as, as a filmmaker, if I was given that proposal by J.J., it would be a, kind of tough for me to push back and be like, it no, was, it, yeah, but you're right. Like, there, yeah, there, is, there mean, is a feeling uh, of I, it I mean, being, as a, as a, yeah, yeah. I mean, as an independent filmmaker, you, you would, I mean, you could see that, okay, J.J., yeah, you can say we're gonna we're gonna distribute this film or whatever. Maybe you're gonna, but I mean, also, <laughs> yeah. also it's kind of like you know maybe selling your principles a bit. <laughs> yes, yeah, a little you, bit. You didn't make this film. You didn't write this film as a as a chlorophyll. Yeah. Thing, you know. Uh, it, it, I was yeah, I, I was yeah. I I didn't know this when I watched that film, and I actually thought the fucking house was the big monster you know the big cover film monster yeah <laughs> um, but it was the most confusing thing because it, it had nothing to do with that mm. uh the 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 excuse that some fans that, that some fans give is like oh the connection is that the john goodman character is like a he worked with satellites and there was like a satellite in in the first movie so that's the connection that's that's why it's yeah, ooh, ooh, yeah that's what <laughs> that's <laughs> I know, I know. Um, yeah, I mean, then again, yeah, again, uh, you know, I, I, I always try to see the, the worthwhileness of an artistic endeavor from all angles before um, calling that. But again, I, I would be lying if I didn't say that a, a bit of that did feel a little bit strange to me. Um, and, you know, it's been sp sp spoken about as this anthology series where I just, it's weird. I still think um, wider culture, unless I'm, I'm maybe a Luddite in this respect or maybe unplugged from the sort of Kojima, sorry, from the um, Cloverfield fan base, but it really feels like uh it, it it just feels it doesn't quite sit well it doesn't quite feel like a natural beast it feels 
very much like that was a cobbled idea, cobbled together idea of anthology. Uh, and and Cloverfield, just the word, um, it weirdly doesn't fit. It just feels strange to see it in like the Cloverfield paradox. Yeah, and, and it and, just doesn't fit. Yeah, yeah. And the thing agree? is, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, I understand that. Um, I understand that they actually had an idea mm-hmm. to make an, an actual Cloverfield sequel. I mean, I remember I. I, I remember I, I have the, the the Blu-ray of that movie, and uh, yeah. I haven't seen it in, in some time. But I remember some 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 of the the producer, the producer, the film, or the, or the director yeah. was saying that that uh, there was a there was a scene in in, in Cloverfield where they, they're going like through a bridge and they're escaping the monster through a bridge, and there's another person, yeah. uh, an, an unknown person, um, also taping the, the, the things that were yeah. happening, and maybe the the sequel was going to be the story of this guy. That would have been amazing. Um, what to do that? I mean, you're, you're okay. I mean, I know J.J. Abrams is 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 concerned with the idea of making Cloverfield like the new horror expanded universe or something. Well, yeah. do something about it that is actually Cloverfield. That's that's it's, what actually bothered me with the, with yeah, the, with the yeah. supposed Cloverfield lane. Agreed, and it's certainly a unique idea. And I do, and I again, I always want people to succeed. I hope that the fourth um, Cloverfield film, for example, that's rumored to sort of take shape around like Nazi experiments and stuff. It's, it's. I really hope for everything to kind of fit well together. And I definitely need to, you know, educate. My, I've, I've looked into Ten Cloverfield Lane, and um, I will definitely be looking into the Cloverfield Paradox because I've, I've actually heard people say I'll actually read some of the comments later about um, the similarity that it shares in some, in some tiny little ways uh, to Death Stranding. Um, so we'll dive into that with the reddit readout but that was all i was yeah i'm really glad we took that little kind of tangent there um uh on 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 the on yeah the cloverfield paradox but yeah as well as that coming out um it also has been about and by the way you know if we wanted a direct connection um i think it was yourself mitchell who posted in the skype yeah like kojima himself tweeted about the cloverfield paradox and said continue watching it he actually said that so, um, yeah. yes, that's right. So, again, listeners, again, read into that what you will, make the connections you will, and, uh, yeah, and I'll be doing the same when I jump off this uh, call head to work, and then, yeah, definitely going to um, check that film out for sure today. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of, yeah, my, as well as that, yeah, as I mentioned, you know, um, I've been looking at the wider industry, uh, you know, wider games. Um, we have um, come upon kind of two sort of segments of, uh, you know, with interactive artistry to have um you know apart from just the sort of the title spotlights which is the mainstay we've um going to be rolling out very soon two more segments um of uh, the show uh as in like an ongoing kind of sub-series sort of thing we have the first one is make this exist which will be a series where myself and my co-host we will take one idea and it'll just be dedicated it just will be this irrepressible just like deep dive into and get all your thoughts out there all of that related to a title that we believe just should exist by now um we had logan uh, from fumito ueda podcast post which blew my mind in more ways than one uh like because again you'll know the title i'm about to talk about but it's on blew my blew my mind in different levels because he said an inception video game guys what do you guys think of that? Like, how insane would either? Yeah, uh, you know, you know, actually, um, I mean, your Inception. You're talking about uh, Chris Nolan's film. Chris Nolan, but um, to see something is right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Well, the the thing is, the thing is that um, first of all, that exists actually. When when that movie came out, there was a small uh, video. There was a small game, like a very small game in the in the yeah West Inception's website. Yeah, and. Um, but actually, Chris Nolan said. Uh, I remember he he said in a, in, a, in an interview that 
he would like to explore that idea of making of making like Inception a um, Mm. A like a uh, like a, a video game because it's very much like it's very much like a video game. It's very much about um, people um, going into uh, this uh, dream world and building things. That's in, right. In the world, you Kumiko know. Shaku in December first, twenty ten. I'm going to read it from you, man. You're 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 spooking me out, man. It's really great. In twenty ten, Kotaku, yeah. the Inception video game is still happening. Just a few months ago, the director of The Dark Knight and Memento, Christopher Nolan, said he was looking at developing a video game based on the world of the blockbuster hit Inception. Now he sounds more serious about yeah. it. So this is what you're referring to. But yeah, go ahead, Steve. No, it's uh, it's actually kind of sad because, well, uh, as we know, that that never happened, and this actually happened with a game, a, a game that was supposed to be based about uh, around the Dark Knight. I mean, uh, because there was a game that was like um, it, there was a game based on Batman Begins, and they were going to, and they were going to do a, a game based on the Dark Knight, but that yeah. never happened. Yeah, and they were actually like. Because that I remember that same year actually was the year that that was 2008 and was that was the same year of uh, Arkham Asylum. Mm. So, so uh, that game came out and was the Arkham series and the Dark Knight game never happened and there then then there was like a Dark Knight Rises mobile game and that's it. <laughs> yeah. But there there has there's never been I mean the thing is there's never been like a like a proper video. Your yeah. game based on, on, on this on this concept of Chris Nolan's films. I mean, there was like I said, there was a Batman Begins game, which uh, I I think it was decent, but most people hate. Yeah, uh, and so there you go. And, like right and there, most people forgot. Absolutely, and like as you said, right there, that there's your perfect premise for wanting to, you know, have this as be uh, have this as one of the titles for the Make This Exist series. So, um, my my one, for example, actually, uh, the one we will be debuting, um, in uh, later in the month is with the awesome co-host of sorry, um, the one we'll be yeah debuting later in the month is with the uh, he'll be my co-host for that one rather yeah. So his name is Philip Mitchell, and he is from Melbourne, and he runs the um well into its 150th. 150th episode i think something like that the De the dark crystal um podcast so he, he runs that he recently had a chat with um cheryl henson who is jim henson's daughter um who was in all likelihood just sort of hanging around the studio while like no big deal like things like yoda were being created or uh you know um yeah, yeah like creatures in like the labyrinth for example um and then that's one degree of separation away from george lucas which is a big influence on um kojima so all these beautiful connected strands so him and me are going di to be diving into what a dark crystal rpg will look like which just absolutely it just again that needs to have happened it just like make this exist sort of thing that's why the premises uh title is called that um and yeah so and then and then mitchell now obviously you need to start thinking about that all co-hosts listening and listeners thinking uh you know please write into me if you have thoughts on that you can either send that into um podcast at gmail.com or at interactive artistry at gmail.com for sure um then our second segment that we're going to be um debuting is um another one which i'm super super jazzed about it is um uh, love at first play which is we again it's just taking a title that has really deeply affected us uh that we resonate with that maybe is like a thing of nostalgia or a thing of like coziness or like enjoy playing it for whatever reason and that we will all sort of gather around and sort of discuss it and um, ask each other questions about it um so for me i need come out of left field but like things like banjo kazooie or medieval or final fantasy 9 uh, or vagrant story that's like i want to have de de dedicated episodes to these so um quick little round table mitchell what's a like what was love at first play for you um 
things that really impacted my life, like games wise. Yeah, that you that you want to have an episode the, about. Yeah, go. Definitely the Uncharted franchise. Okay. And the other one is the Lego Star Wars franchise. Oh hell yeah! That that really like you know even though they're not like you know really like mechanically complicated. They were still really a big part of my life, and you know, playing through them, completing them, a hundred percent. It was a lot of fun. Um, those things that I can keep playing, and I bought them recently, and I pop them in and play with them. My younger brother, and he loves them. Yeah, and they're just uh, oh, important nice. to my life. Uh, it's a good memory. But uh, that's really, really nice. I really, I really enjoyed that, man. Thanks. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, how about you, Steve? What's a, what's a, what was love at first play for you? I don't know, man. I have to think about it because there are so many games. Um, I was actually thinking it would be a good idea to to mention like games that you love, but most people like forgot or or hate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, because because I actually have a couple of games that are like more than a couple than than that are the like an example of that. Uh, but I mean, for example, you, you Mitchell was mentioning Star Wars, uh, like Knights of the Old Republic, the first one. Um. Mm. I mean, the Metal Gear Solid, the first Metal Gear Solid. I mean, there, there are many games. There are many games. I cannot pinpoint like just one. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, um, yeah, definitely start thinking about that stuff um, yourself, Steve and Mitchell and listeners. Definitely really looking forward to those two. So that was kind of me with, with the week as well as developing the schedules. And then for Kojima in particular, again, him tweeting, being cryptic doing his kojima thing so that's been really really awesome and and really honestly again we need to hand it right back to the reddit because it's 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 all about the reddit guys like um we didn't have maybe again roll your eyes say that like i'm an old grandpa about this sort of thing but we didn't used to have something like reddit um in the past we you know we had the internet certainly and then like you what i would do say take 2008 for example i would just google these things daily you know um there'd be some facebook groups but they definitely wouldn't be as active um and definitely not as in the format of reddit which is so conducive to content sharing and keeping the focus on that instead of you know spiraling off into again some people indulge themselves in the comment sections and that's totally valid but um but yeah and, and I'm, I'm super super appreciative of uh, of where we arose from which um i don't think there's any better way um better time to sort of jump into our next section which is yeah the reddit readout so reddit readout um I am going to, if it's okay, lead with this one, and I would love to throw it then to Mitchell and then to Steve of anyone on the Death Stranding Reddit that sort of jumped out to you. You know, I'm, I'm really, really, yeah, like that's something I'm really interested in uh, hearing your thoughts on. Um, so yeah, now let's quickly go to. And so, do you guys have? Um, oh, actually, keep keep Kojima's Twitter in in the background. I have something prepped for that for you guys. Um, do you guys kind of keep uh, sort of Kojima's um, Twitter sort of up while we're recording? at all yeah yes fantastic it's because again we've had we've had some stuff actually drop in the middle of episodes which has been really really interesting uh and and yeah like it, it definitely happens so um and nothing nothing cooler than when something sort of occurs while we're recording definitely um but yeah so i'll lead this off so what we have is we have um i want to immediately start with uh it's very close to the very top um so uh obviously <laughs> we have a user uh gone Colox 500 will we start uh, theorizing about adam driver now <laughs> you know uh, i think adam driver would be an incredible incredible addition uh to death stranding uh our quick round table what do you think um steve just the idea of him being at death stranding <laughs> 
Um, I don't know. I mean, I haven't like uh, I'm I'm not a, I'm not like a fan. I haven't seen most of his stuff, but uh, I mean, I mean, if Kojima likes him, why not? <laughs> why not? Yeah. How about you, Mitchell? I think it would be interesting. He's a he's a he's a really good actor. Yeah. Do I think he's gonna be on it? No, not at all. <laughs> I think he's he's a, a little too much in the high status right now. Okay. But, uh, yeah. You know, Kojima, I don't think would be able to snatch him at a at a good yeah. price. Yeah, that sounds really terrible. The, the I did not mean it that way. Yeah, no, the price. No, no, that's that's fine. That's valid. And um, as you said, you know, high status. The thing is, with what I really dig about um, um, uh, Mr. Driver is that he, um, first of all, is super kindred to me on the level of like he was ex-army like me. He channeled it into art and and doing something creative, you know, outside of uh, out of all that kind of intense stuff happened, you know. He and again, he also uh, left before deployment like me. So I really resonate with the guy on that level. There, he's got this deadpan kind of could be interpreted of as aloofness, but really he's just sort of keeps his own space and kind of tends to his own vibe which is kind of again super kindred to me because i i I tend not to yeah like social um you know the whole small talk kind of thing isn't really my my scene and and he's respectful and polite but he'll never you know dive into pure contrived fake kind of hollywood speak which i really connect with with the guy um and at the same time, as well as him being this very celebrated actor uh, and and really on the rise with his career, he's also doing small projects as well. So he did Logan Lucky um, and he did the Jim Jarmusk movie, um, Patterson, which is one of Kojima's favorites. So um, I could I could definitely weirdly, I, I really could see it happen where he just says, you know, um, he actually took time out of his SNL, which again was a an appearance he made that kind of broke with his sort of um you know that whole like oh I'm, I'm the celebrated actor thing or like i keep this prestige or anything like he's got that but he's able to straddle the line and in a similar way to mads mickelson he um can be part of both worlds in a really unique way so part of the sort of art a23 kind of world uh and then the um pop culture kind of you know uh, with mads it was um dr strange and with uh driver um yeah like adam it was um it was with the yeah, Kylo Ren uh, between that and like what Martin Scorsese films and all that, you know, uh, with like silence. So he, he can exist in both worlds. So again, speaking of existing in both worlds, I really, really think he could pull off existing in uh, like this new kind of frontier as, um, uh, you know, as, as Mads sort of put it of like this 360, you know, in the moment uh, kind of performance, which I, I could really see because he's a Juilliard guy. He, he's a he's a theater kind of guy um he in, and again he has this uh, organization called arts and the armed forces and on his uh, birthday actually i tweeted to the account and i said look yeah dude appreciate this you know putting these different kind of um creative energies into a setting which normally wouldn't um, accommodate it uh, like the military and i've been again as i said was in the military it wasn't really conducive to that sort of thing so expanding the sort of emotional vocabulary of people in, in, the, in the armed forces with these theater performances um it's super resonates and i think uh, um yeah like um i think even norman said something about how like when you're on that stage that you know it's very bare you know you don't have all the trappings of a film set it feels like theater when you're in these um capture volumes uh, as uh, jim cameron puts them you know, these places where you do this performance capture. So I could see him weirdly, I weirdly could. So I'm going to be on team, yes, that's happening. Um, so, but yeah, that was a cool little round table, guys. Absolutely. Um, okay, so I want to throw it to Steve. Uh, anything out of the Reddit that jump out at you? 
Well, like I said, the, the, the only thing I see, like the, the latest thing is someone <laughs> someone saying Diane Kruger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, user um, so, um, uh, Man 2001 you're cheeky because that is not true. We don't know. Um, and people in the comments are like, confirmed? How? <laughs> but, um, you know, he's just trying to put... Yeah, I mean, I mean, there. this is the same thing, like this is the same thing with, with um adam driver uh where yeah. he he just likes star wars so he just bought a lego <laughs> and he he just he's just like excited for yeah for diane kruger's new movie um yeah. so he, he's just retweeting this i know and it's it's, um, it's important to i'm and i want to appeal to that uh, listeners with steve he's reminding us that it's important like it's fun to speculate um but to not really take too much of this uh, on that literal level of, of actual teasing but um yeah go ahead steve just backing you up there man Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah. What what Mitchell said was 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 also true. I mean, I mean, with Adam Driver, I could see like someone. Um, I mean, handing out a, a script where he says, "Oh, this the screenplay is amazing. I'm just going to work for, for for not my usual rate." Yeah. <laughs> but for example, the, the same thing happened with with like Emma Stone, where I can I, I I always thought this was fucking impossible because she's like the most famous actress right now, whatever. And I just don't see her having the time or like the the patience to go to Japan and do this fucking project. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, you, you know, with 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 Adam Driver and uh, it, it, weirdly enough, uh, Diane Kruger is also like the the kind of actress uh, whom I would say um, she would do something for like like the passion of okay, she she read a, a, an amazing screenplay. She's mm. gonna go to the other side of the world and. And, and and be part of this field mm, you know, so yeah cool definitely man um and how about you mitchell um what did you think of, of that post there about uh and diane kruger <laughs> also uh, you can say that and then also what was your kind of um reddit readout before we jump into um so what was your sort of yeah the the rundown before we jump into the readout yeah i think um he's hinting at her possibly but nothing's been confirmed mm-hmm. but i think she'd be the perfect uh, you know, she's right okay. there, yeah. middle. Yep. So if you think of uh, Norman Reedus, what's the biggest thing you know him from? Mm, oh, Walking, Walking Dead. Dead, of course. And yeah. He's in smaller yeah, indie films. Right. Uh, and you think of uh, Mads Mikkelsen before, when he was on the project, as before he was announced for Rogue One and change. Uh, mm. So he's still a relatively in the Western world, an unknown actor. Yes. He was very cool. big in Europe. He's very unknown here in uh, America. And I'm not sure about Australia. No, he's, he's but same, in, same, uh, same. in America. Hmm. I mean, I think the only one people knew him from was Hannibal. That was about it. That's true. As a villain. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, if you think about Dan Kruger, she's a very small actress. She's mm. not in like a bunch of big. Movies, you know, she was like, in Troy uh, with um with um Brad Pitt, Eric Banner, and um, Brian Cox back in oh I want to say two thousand and one or something. But um that was yeah she played Helen of Troy in that one there. But um you're right yeah well, she uh, was in Inglorious yeah. Bastards mm-hmm. and she was exactly yeah so yeah. Quentin Tarantino. But you're right again yeah. comparatively she you're right um Mitchell she is within that bracket of as you said Mads Mikkelsen of Norman Reedus recognizable but not um and I really don't want to be tried about it but like not uh. Uh, yeah, like that, that it would be easy for them to, 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 to jump on board without either having these wider franchise commitments or uh, all of that, you know. Yeah, so it's 
I don't believe in the stratas between all oh, A list, B list, whatever. Um, I, I I think it's just about time availability, really. And um, and yeah, like you know, again, and also whether or not they'd want to do something like uh, that's a bit experimental, like this. But I could see um Diane Kruger wanting to do um death stranding, definitely, definitely. Yeah, um, I think she. I think she. Uh, she's a wonderful actress, and I mm. think that you know, since she's a smaller, like I feel like the, the, if you want to get like you know Chris Hemsworth or whatever The Rock, you know, yeah. I don't think he would do that. But if you wanted to, he would be spending like half the game budget just to get him. True, you know, yeah. something like that big. So I feel like he likes Hollywood actors, but I feel like he likes. He, I, he likes action movies, but I don't think he's going to cast any like you know The Rock or yeah anyone like I don't know. No, The Rock Scarlet is. Uh, you, you, like you, didn't, you didn't read this on IGN. They announced that The Rock. It's um. They actually, what happens is uh, in the middle of the story, you transform from Norman Reedus into The Rock, uh, and then it, the whole thing is basically your um. You become a male nurse. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Well, there goes my hype. There goes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. You see, the stranding is actually the the sequel to the Tooth Fairy movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly. Steve, you're my brother. Mitchell, my brother. Fuck. That's exactly. Oh my goodness. Exactly what I was thinking. You see, the whole thing. You see, the Kojima influence it takes place in Jumanji. Thank you. The so the whole thing. See, the Kojima influence in the Tooth Fairy, and in Jumanji. See, the Jumanji, Jumanji takes place in the same universe. Oh god, none of that, please. But that's great. That's so good. Oh well, there you go. I think that's that's yeah. I'm I'm happy to kind of tail off uh, the uh, Reddit uh, readout mm-hmm. there, guys. Yeah. So without further ado, uh, let yep. us begin with the re- uh, sorry. I keep getting them confused. I should probably come up with different names. But the Reddit rundown and then the Reddit readout. So there you go. Fantastic. So for me, I have picked, uh, and I hope this is okay with you guys, a user by the name of user Crazy Manga Fan who wrote the Junji Ito's influence in teaser number three. I'm going to read out their post and fill in full because they put an insane amount of effort into it. By the way, don't know if you guys have ever done a super hyperlinked uh, article on on uh, as in written one or or you know uh, it's it's a process and a half to actually go through, type it up, make sure you know no spelling errors, and then like hyperlink everything, add the spaces. Um, and this person has added a, a, at least like thirty hyperlinks in this thing. Um, so shout out to you right off the bat even before before reading what you um, put together uh user um crazy manga fan we love you very much on the show um we're looking forward to seeing um all your other content for sure so a reading from the post um this is just a speculation and i don't want to get your hopes up for nothing i'm just going to share some similarities if you have no idea who junji ito is why some of us thinks he may be involved how he might influence death stranding or if you need to refresh your memory i suggest you should start reading the post below um if you click the first hyperlink it takes you to another post called junji ito's influence um i'm a huge fan of junji ito i recommend you to start reading his work and your knowledge if your knowledge is limited to know that he was just a manga artist that worked on the cancelled Silent Hills project. He is a genius. According to one of his works, dead people are present with us at the same place with us, but invisible to the human eye, just like cosmic rays or radiation. Let's see what looks similar to his past work in Death Stranding. Um, again, it's a beautiful post within a post, postception. Uh, the dead fish in Death Stranding um, links to an image that um, Jinji um, created. Um, the figures in Death Stranding, the floating ones, again, literally um anyone listening you need to go to this post right now it is super fascinating um 
a, a bridge and we see the bridges um there's actually literally a shot of a character going underneath a bridge in the same from almost from the same angle um we see a tunnel as well so um needless to say uh yeah exactly i'm just looking at them as i'm reading here umbilical cords puppets dolls um so yeah please jump in guys so uh, junji ito was announced that he was working on silent hills exactly five months after its cancellation um del, del, um, del toro's statement um he kind of gives uh, describes um junji ito undisputed master of horror in japan and our collaborator in silent hills which is heartbreaking because who knows what might have been, but hopefully we'll see more in Death Stranding. Um, Kojima skipped E3 2017, and we didn't get another trailer, but something else happened. We saw that Junji Ito and Kojima were still in touch. They posted a similar picture on Twitter before he knew PT's Silent Hills project started. He did this to give hints about collaboration back in June 2013. Um, links an image to um, Junji uh, on Twitter, um, Junji, Imo at, Junji Ito at uh, Kojima Productions. So we have him there in that hallway uh, with Ludens there, which is amazing and really great. Love that guy um really resonate with the very very twisted mind in, in in some ways but again takes the whole approach of having these really out there super uh, you know traumatizing troubling ideas but he himself is a very lovely person again it's a good way to process all those kind of dark aspects of human psychology is to have this outlet for it for sure um then uh kojima introducing something to junji at the tv screen so could history be repeating itself are they teasing us about the collaboration the same way in 2013 um the further post by uh, you uh, back on the main one, user crazy manga fan, a handprints, linking leaking eyes, strings and puppets, dark material beings uh, appearing out of nowhere, mummies again wrapped up, you know, with the, the golden mask, um, an underwater scene, floating people eating um, sea monster, all of these. Um, so since the announcement of Death Stranding, fans are finding artistic connections, although he was never confirmed officially for Death Stranding. Um, then this kind of recaps the sort of article there, uh, um, like about and sort of mentions about Junji Ito liking um, certain fan art. So again, indicating possibly you know involvement or um, at least closeness to the project. Um, so considering Junji was possibly on board as the art director for Silent Hills, seeing how Death Stranding shared even closer artistic so, um, that was me editorializing, but I believe that even closer artistic similarities with PT could mean he is influencing Death Stranding at some level. But Kojima already said Death Stranding will be an action game even though it will be a new genre on its own. But at this point, we can't deny the horror graphics and scary ambience presented at Death, in Death Stranding. In fact, Death Stranding fits the definition of survival horror gameplay perfectly. The game tries to frighten players with either horror graphics or scary ambience. Although combat can be part of the gameplay, the player is made to feel less in control than in typical action games. This is me edit editorializing, but again, the emphasis is not on combat in this. Uh, it's on um, stranding, so whatever that will be. Uh, so yeah, game and the game makes use of strong horror themes, like a dark maze-like environment and unexpected attacks from enemies. I don't know about you, but I'm happy to see how they are still in contact, whether there is a secret collaboration that we will never know until the end of credits, or just a few inspirations and advice on art slash character design in the same same way that I think is happening with Guillermo del Toro, by the way, editorializing, I would like to see their names on Death Stranding credits, even if it's just under special thanks. They'll definitely be under special thanks. Um, be besides unfortunate attempt to create something under Konami, considering Kojima is well-funded now and given the complete creative freedom on this project, there's no reason why they wouldn't help each other. Let me throw it to Mitchell. What did you think about this incredible post by um, user Crazy Manga Fan um, on the possible involvement or touchstones of Junji Ito in Death Stranding? Uh, uh, yep. To, um, Junji, I think that you can hear me. Yep, absolutely. Go ahead, buddy. 
Go right ahead. Okay. Whenever so, you're ready. Yep. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be directly involved, but I think he's being uh, influenced because have you you've read Junji's works, right? I certainly have. Um, Uzumaki is terrifying, and I couldn't see anything but spirals for like a whole week after reading it. Yeah, jeez. I know, but right? A lot of his work I can see in Death Stranding because a lot, a lot of his work is just a lot like Lovecraft is. If thing happens, we don't know why we die. That's you know, right. I think. Uh, I think my favorite one is Hanging Balloons. Oh god! Which is in the story after a celebrity hangs herself. Um, these floating heads of people start going around and they have nooses at the end of them and they would just go and pick up people with the head of them and then they would just uh, they would be hung yeah. and they're just all around this entire city and people are just being hunted down by these. Oh, and God. the story ends with the main character just dying. That's just that's how it ends. It's so There's no up. explanation. There's nothing. Mm. It's It's horrifying. Like that one where they... They go into the wall and they just go in the wall and never come back and no one knows why. And I feel like it's a lot of death stranding in it. The same thing with Lovecraft. Um, he just writes stories and then you know there is no resolution. There is things happen. We don't know why. You're mm. afraid. It's unknown. And I think that's a lot of Junji's work. I think Lovecraft and Junji have very similar uh, have styles of ending stories and uh, themes of just unknown terrible things that just happen to people for no reason. Mm, gosh. And I feel like we'll be getting we'll be getting a lot of uh Yeah. A lot of um references, like a lot of inspiration, but I'm not gonna I'm it's not gonna be like Silent Hill he'll be collaborating. Yeah. You know, if you can if maybe if you can't like, you know, showing him the project. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, yeah, you'll definitely be uh in the credits as a you know Thank you for Junji for support and help and you know whatever. Mm. But I, his works, you know, you know, be influencing Kojima because it did before, and I feel a lot of it now. Mm. Yeah, I, I completely agree, dude. Um, uh, and I don't think he's gonna collaborate, but I think. Yeah. No, agreed, definitely. Um, yeah, go ahead. Um, oh, apparently we've gotten a notification from Skype that we have a poor network connection, which is sad. <laughs> That's okay. Um, but as long as people can hear, uh, we're still good to go. Do we have still um, Mitchell and Steve on the line? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, the bad connection. It's, it's weird. Yeah, I'm getting the bad connection. Maybe you. Yeah. That's all good. But anyway, um, no, but yeah, thanks for that, uh, Mitchell. How about uh, how about yourself, Steve? Your thoughts on Junji Ito? Uh, well, I, I I don't know what would be the point of this, of having like a secret collaboration. I mean, the the point of something like Silent Hills was was saying, okay, we have we have the greatest for this project. I mean, we have uh, we have Kojima, we have Junji Ito, we have Guillermo del Toro, we have uh, Norman Reedus, and this is like a this is like a big. Yeah, I also agree with Mitchell, where where it's like more of an inspiration. Yeah, I think uh, so. I mean, there is this. Uh, I mean. I'm, I'm sure you guys remember this uh, this amazing concept trailer for, for Silent Hills, yeah. which which I mean also has like small details like the handprints and yeah. stuff like that. And uh, I mean I'm sure Kojima just created his his new, but but also like took took stuff, took concepts and, and just and, and visual elements from from what he was doing in Silent Hills. And yeah, he's not playing it in, in Death Stranding. Mm. 
I, 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 I can, I can definitely vibe with that, man. I vibe with them. Um, like the point. That's right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, if the thing to work with Junji, I would tell everyone I'm working with Junji to, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't really see the, 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 the point of yeah. that, okay. uh, of having like a secret, like a secret collaboration. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, you see a lot of, and this is the thing why the, this is this is why a lot of people like want to want to believe it's it's like the stranding is like Silent Hills and and the Konami thing was actually like like a hoax or something because okay. there is a lot of elements and this is like this this like this is there is undoubtedly like a lot of elements from what he was doing before uh, before the stranding with what he was doing for uh, with Silent Hills mm. that that came to play with with the stranding so um, so yeah. <laughs> I just, I just think it's like uh, there, there is certainly like a, like, like a projection of what Gito was was doing, like with the, with the, the concept of the things he was doing for for Death Stranding, for mm. uh, Silent Hills, sorry. For Silent Hills, yeah, definitely, yeah, no, and from my own personal um sort of perspective, they are more than just shared DNA. I think uh, Uchinji and um and Kojima were probably like conceived in the same kind of little nebula of the cosmos in the same sort of adjacent i say this i've said this in previous episodes i think i was discussing it on another interactive artistry show but yeah i i tend to think that when kindred spirits sort of meet and collaborate in that way and they resonate with each other's works that significantly and just each other's beings really in that way it means that they sort of met in a other life but i just think that there's that much shared kindredness between the two um um and i i do think that they're in contact on the reg definitely either through email or whatever i know that uh, um for example um with uh, guillermo del toro uh he is in contact with uh um you know kojima via email again translation is much easier that way so they can kind of um uh interrelate and and kind of uh, sort of share ideas that way which is cool um so i think that there's a there's either well Okay, speaking purely from hopes, I, I definitely I just want to see it. I want to see <laughs> who wouldn't want to see, you know, oh, you know, released uh, six months from now a special uh, video on, um, you know, the Kojima Productions uh, YouTube channel that just says introducing um, our concept advisor or our art advisor Junji Ito, and it's just Junji Ito in the offices of Kojima Productions with a bunch of Death Stranding concept art around him discussing nature discussing truth discussing um horror discussing fear and just saying i'm happy to be helping on this project with kenji yano and uh like i would lose my shit i would fucking break my laptop in half out of excitement that would be fucking amazing you know it's important to you know dive into um you know um hey a guy can dream uh, uh, and a girl and anyone you know it's important that you know when you're listening to either podcasts like this or just sort of uh, thinking about the project uh, either launching off maybe from reading a post like crazy mega fan um to yeah why not unfettedly just dive straight into your hopes like life isn't meant to just be uh, being conservative like have high hopes and you never know you really never know so that's my reddit readout there um guys are you happy to sort of crack in with we've sort of um, been going for a while we're almost at the uh over we're definitely over the hour and 30 so we'll just bring up i'll just um cut away to um our fourth segment of threading the strands Surround it. Oh. 
Fantastic. Welcome, listeners. And we're going to dive into the fourth minute. We won't um, have much ado since, like, the last episode, I sort of, um, if you listen to that one, we had Mitchell on actually for this um, minute. It was it, This was his intended minute, so he has his notes for this one. Um, and I will go over the trailer now um, to sort of do a kind of a recap of, um, of this minute. Um, have you guys um, read about uh, the... Uh, have you guys sort of done any sort of um, apart from Young Year's kind of summary? Was there anything from this particular minute that jumped out at you? Um, in the first trailer, when all those dead whales were there, you could see he's very similar to uh, like a like a blood or a uh, yeah, you know, a, a red glowy substance. I really appreciate your thoughts there, um, uh, uh, Mitchell, on on and then also seeing the images you were sending in the Skype there. But uh, what I might do just for our listeners, I'll I'll recap the minute. So going at um, zero point, uh, we'll actually maybe go at yeah zero point seventy five speed just to make sure that we are um, yeah just covering everything. So um, if you guys are at the ready uh, with your videos, um, I, so it's like it's totally fine. That's exactly yeah. why I'm recapping them. Yeah, you know, um, don't really need to uh, stress too much. Um, you know, so we just have to go to. Um, uh, yeah, so just like just basically minute three exactly, because so, we're looking at the fourth minute. So just three zero 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 is what we're looking at. Too easy. Okay, so um, the end of the last minute basically began with the creature appearing and the very Junjito esque, uh, you know, um, handprints going straight towards Norman, um, him dragging himself back there. Um, and again, these unnaturally large and unnaturally wide and, and strange and not really deep, doesn't seem to carry a lot of weight, uh, these handprints. Um, uh, they go right past Norman, who's managed to kind of calm himself and make it so that the creature doesn't come after him. Uh, or maybe the creature was always intending really on going after the a wailing kind of creature, uh, sorry, the wailing kind of um, driver. Uh, and that um, Norman, again, with that weird connection, possibly being of the having some kind of the you know the DNA of the others, who knows like why again he is strangely exempt to the events happening here, and Kojima has hinted at um, you know uh, his sort of specialness there. But um, but anyway, um, you know, as in his uniqueness, um, we see a gun guy, uh, sadly, regrettably, um, you know, drawing his weapon on his uh, comrade, and now again at uh, three forty-five, he's some. Um, been shot on the head and so again he's one of the lucky ones so to speak with um with how things are going to play out here um we then see one of the most cryptic um inclusions in this minute and in fact it's what the minute ends on essentially is a close shot of the masked figure um who lands on the on the vehicle and gestures towards what is ostensibly either the place where the Colossus is going to materialize or just to one of the creatures in general. Um, because we don't actually pan all the way across. Interestingly, we don't actually pan all the way across to whatever um, Mads is gesturing at, which is very interesting. Um, we're calling him Mads because of the shared um, hand gesture that he shares with the um, second trailer. But um, he could very well be a new character there. So the fourth minute um, ends exactly with a shot of Gun Guy, um, a.k.a. Bob, Okay, the actor's name who I forget. I think you've memorized them, haven't you, um, Mitchell? 
Uh, yeah, young guy. His name's Patrick Claude, mm-hmm. and the the guy underneath the car is Kyle Card. Nicely done. So, so credit to the awesome performance there. Um, and he this last shot of of um of Pat of Patrick is it? Uh, the gun guy. Yeah, he um actually no, sorry, this is Kyle, correct? Yeah, Kyle's one being dragged off. Okay, Pat. Let's start calling them that. Actually, um, I know Dean's a big fan of the Bob and Pete, but uh, as of officially this moment, Bob has now become Kyle, and Patrick is the one who has been um, dragged away. Correct? Yeah, Kyle. Kyle is car guy. Patrick is gun guy. <laughs> Patrick is gun guy. So. Fantastic. Easy. All right. Oh, got that up the other way around. Okay. So we we talked about um your sort of um. Uh, thoughts about this minute uh, a little bit just like just earlier there Mitchell before there was a bit of um, Skype technical issues um, and Steve what were mm-hmm. your thoughts just on everything that was revealed in this particular minute oh well we've um, I don't know if I should start like backwards um, we've actually men- I've actually mentioned before that I, I really don't think like the the, the figure that uh, that Lance is like Matt's uh, it's it's Matt's character okay um, if it, you, it's worth actually mentioning that I don't I don't know if it's it's the exact moment where the that minute ends, but uh, as soon as um, as he as he lands, the, the, there are black strands appearing behind him. I don't I don't know if I'm, I'm going oh, too far. Yeah, no, that's okay. That's all right. But oh, uh, damn, but another I, player. Could it be another player? Another version of Sam, possibly. Yeah, why not? But. Uh, but yeah, the thing is that, uh, for example, that with that character, with with the guy that is very similar to Matt, um, he, I mean, he actually, like I said before in in another in another episode, um, it it doesn't seem to me that he's connected with the with the black goo stuff, with mm. the enemies stuff. With uh, it, it, it appears like he's something like a like a guardian, like a military guy that was with with them before the accident or whatever happened. To the car, <laughs> so uh, so yeah. Uh, I, I I was going to mention that because I really, I, I, it's to me it's very hard to 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 think that this guy is, is Matt's character. Um, okay. But we we've actually we, we've also mentioned that we believe that uh, this is like the like chronologically this is the earliest this this event happened happens the earliest. So maybe he's Matt's and then maybe he gets captured and corrupted or something. So I, 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 um, need to, I need to jump in quickly by saying that some people pointed out that, that the gloves are very similar between Mads's. Sorry, I'll have to start saying Osiris maybe. Uh, or I'm going to call him Golden Guy or Mask Guy. Um, yeah, there's been similarity pointed out between um, his gloves and, and Sam's gloves, which weirdly makes me, again, it adds to that whole idea of, we. I think we've had it confirmed that you'll be able to change out it's correct i think so yeah yeah probably um yeah, he did mention that so but yeah go right ahead steve just wanted to mention that um yeah and uh, i mean it's, it's still very confusing as, as to what happened uh, what what kind of accident happens there because i mean the the, the creatures don't arrive uh up until up until a few minutes after the trailer begins yeah so we still don't know what happened to this to this car and how they in, ended up in that situation, and um, I was I was actually thinking that uh, maybe the the mummy thing, the mummy guy, mm. uh, was actually being carried by Norman Reedus in his on his back because he's got like something in, on his back, mm. like uh, like a like a metal thing where he can carry stuff. Mm. Uh, 
maybe maybe this is the case. And when it comes to um, Kyle, the 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 gun guy, um, I I actually uh, this, this like like I've always mentioned that I actually think he's he's got a completely different job. Yeah. Uh, from what Norman is doing, from what Sam is doing, mm. so uh, so it's, it, it it appears to me like they are in a sort of a mission where where every single one of them has like a different function, mm. and this is where the theory, my theory of maybe the character that looks like Matt's is something of a of like a security guy, uh, mm. where uh, where he's kind of protecting them or something, and. Um, and another thing is that, uh, and some people have mentioned this, that uh, maybe because of uh, Sam's particular powers or uh, like uniqueness, like you mentioned, uh, he's the maybe he's the only one who can see the the guy, Matt's Matt's like character. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's there's a lot of <laughs> that's a lot of uh, food for thought. So, um, so yeah, it's it's very confusing, and we still don't know anything like for granted. Uh, when it comes to Matt's character with, or, or the guy that looks like Matt. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, any thoughts on what Steve just shared, uh, Mitchell? Yeah. One thing that came out with your guys' dialogue is that, you know, he might not be the character. It might be a different character, but as I think you mentioned, could it be another player mm. joining the match? You know, I think of an RP uh, of an MMO, you know, you start out pretty weak. You don't have anything with you, you know, lame. And then you get to, you know, the end of it and you're top tier level, you know, you have all these like golden clothes and you got special weapons. Hmm. So it'd be the case of maybe another character is like drifting into your game. And then that's just like how they look, you know, they're just like absolutely insane. Yeah. Really interesting. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, this is actually making me think of other parts of the trailer um, you, um, because like, let me quickly, I'll just jump into it here. Cause I've left the sort of trailer run along into, Oh, Paul Kyle being dragged up into the, we'll be discussing this next week. Jeez. Make, just make better choices, buddy. You know what I mean? Make better choices. Um, let's see. Um, yeah. So, um, I, I think the main thing for me, as well as the arrival of this kind of mysterious character, uh, and whether or not, yeah, it's it's like I I, I happen to believe um, that uh, there's a chance that it could be another player saying just like again another who knows whether or not again with this emphasis emphasis on connection uh, that this uh, title is um, going to be centered around for that we haven't seen much of that in trailers which I think is going to be the point of the gameplay reveal in um, E3. Again, not jinxing it. It's just what I think is going to happen. Um, so I, I could weirdly see uh, that's. It was all catalyzed from like that that comment you made, Steve, about the strands appearing and whether or not those strands might indicate where either the presence of a player or maybe like oh where a player is about to spawn or just did spawn uh, that you see these strands again representing you know arrival from another world or another server or whatever. Oh sorry, another um, console player universe. So I'm super fascinated by that. Um, and then, um, so the other standout for me was um, just considering the, these enemies, because it's just like in this minute, shit really goes down, so to speak. We see not just a, an extended look at the um, 
at the uh, the the hand guys <laughs> as we'll call them. I love how everything is just suffix guys. <laughs> you know, it's great. Um, hand guys, uh, death guys, colossal guys, and um, just seeing this uh, yeah sad old man being dragged off. And this morning he was just like having his conflicts like everyone else, just like I'll go go to work, come home, you know, watch TV. But uh, today it didn't go that way for poor Patrick. Um, and I just find that to be yeah a pretty pretty distressing um, uh, a pretty distressing way to go. Uh, although he is luckier by far than than Kyle, who uh, yeah gets all sucked up into the vortex and gives birth to a new reality or whatever. Although it's a pretty epic way to go out, I gotta say. Um, what did you guys think? Um, I think the main yeah yeah. Let me just quickly I'll I'll, I'll show you to what I was actually gonna say. Um, um, so we see Patrick here. We see him looking around him. These creatures they appear like they phase in. It's like oh, but they're also descending as well. Um, these creatures, in a way, don't really have a need to move. They seem to be able to phase in and out of any kind of reality at any time. Um, and so the, I want to field it to you guys about why why on earth would these creatures be taking a humanoid shape, if not to signify that they originate either from planet Earth in some way or are related to the human race in some way because we see the Gestalt Feta, we see that like they're going in the direction Junji Ito style, Lovecraft style, where they're going in the direction of these incomprehensible, multi-limbed, crazy, like make you go insane if you look at it kind of thing. But what are these what are these like humanoid shapes? Like why are they connect why are they humanoid is my question that I want to field to you guys. So we'll start with Steve. Uh, well I I I actually think it's for 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 the best if if Kojima leaves like like you said uh, like a like a touch of Lovecraftian uh, mythology where you don't really know where yeah. they come from where you where you don't really understand fully what, what these things are. Mm. Um, I, I I hope this is the case because I'm actually hoping uh, this training is a an actual survival horror game where mm. where the, the best thing is where you don't know where. What these creatures are and why they're attacking you, and you just need to, like the, the like the genesis, survive. You, you you need to survive this 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 yeah. things uh, from these things. And and um, but I like I like the idea of of um, this crazy stuff uh, having something to do with like a like an experiment gone wrong, or like uh, you know maybe we were talking about about this before, where maybe they were trying to build a fucking black hole and everything yeah. went like and you know that maybe this these creatures are, are are part of like are from another world but yeah it is because of humans that they're they're there and yeah now they're instinctively like just killing humans that's right so uh so yeah maybe maybe it's better if, it's, if you don't really know like you can you can tell this creature some some sort of intelligence yeah but uh but you don't want the game to to over-explain what they are and, and the world they they, they come from, um, because I, I think some of the most some of the greatest stuff about this game is like um, the weirdness of it, the, the, the weirdness and the, the bizarre stuff, the horror influence. Uh, and I mean, I think it would be better if if you don't really know about this. Yeah, uh, agreed. Something like, for example, like Bloodborne does this. Where you don't the, the brilliant thing about that game is that you never get all the answers, and it's open to, and and it's open to interpretation. I mean, mm. so um, so yeah, I hope it's it's like a survival 
horror thing where where you don't know the answers. I really I really appreciate that, man. Definitely, and I agree wholeheartedly. How about you, Mitchell? Mitchell. Mm, I really don't have a lot of thoughts on that. Okay, that's totally cool. Um, yeah, but that's again, it's it's just about what you can speak to, and it's it's much better to admit it at the top rather than like try and like you know yeah I come at an angle that you haven't either considered or that you like yeah just don't connect with. That's totally fine. Um, for this minute in particular, uh, yeah, like the the main thing for me as well as you know this. I, I won't deny it. Like that's why I've named it the Golden Mask. You know, as, as in part of the title of this episode here, um, as as like referring to that is because, um, you know, again, it's funny. Like it could be something as profound as like, oh, it's the guy who like adds them up. Like he's the he's the embalmer. He's all these characters. Or literally, we could just be seeing. We could be someone looking at someone like a a PV a PVP kind of guy. Like someone who's just a Sam, but he's dressed in like all these different choices of clothing. You know, we could be that. You know, it's really, really interesting. We're gonna maybe even get a few more months of speculation on who this guy is, and maybe at the end we'll find out that oh, that's just uh, that's just you. Um, you can just wear whatever you want, though, which is <laughs> I would find very interesting. Um, so yeah, so that's the unseen and the golden mask. Uh, to me personally, I'm I'm kind of good with this minute in particular. Again, it's really not about super breakdowny like over analytical kind of stuff. So I'm I'm good with this one, guys. Personally, um, how about you guys? Yeah. Yeah. Happy to crack on, or do you have any other thoughts? Any final thoughts for this minute? Yeah. Uh, with that, like character, as we maybe it's a different person version of Sam, you know. Yeah. It reminded me of TT when uh, the in the intro says, "Watch out, the gap in the door. It's a separate reality. The only me is me. Are you sure the only you is you?" Oof, so beautiful. I love that. I'm not. I'm not. No. I'm not. Say, to clarify. I'm not like. Oh, just trainings. No, 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 no. PT, they have, but they have shared DNA. But, they have shared DNA, definitely. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the ideas that could have been in Silent Hills mm -hmm. are playing a part in this one, mm -hmm. but it's not going to be a Resident Evil, Evil Within kind of deal. Absolutely. I feel like there's similar ideas that mm -hmm. they're going to play with that he's been wanting to work with, that he was planning working with Silent Hills, mm -hmm. but he just, you know, never got to use. Okay. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be a spiritual successor. I think it's going to be its own thing. Mm. But I think it's going to have a lot of uh, maybe ideas that GML and Kojima and maybe Junji had. Yeah. And he's kind of, you know, like, oh, I had this idea for gameplay. Mm. Well, this could really work well in here. So maybe we'll test, mess around with it, see how it works in this world, mm. see if it can work there. But maybe, you know, multiple versions of yourself, uh, you know, maybe multiple. Uh, realities colliding with each other, you know, maybe that's the reason why there's yeah. multiple, maybe there's only one uh, Sam, but multiple realities bleeding to each other, they're exactly the same except for one thing was different, mm. maybe you died here, maybe you didn't die there, maybe you died at a different point, maybe you died a second later I think a millisecond later, I think it's gonna creating be to that. a multiverse Absolutely, and then maybe that's the multiplayer aspect. I mean, not like not the multiplayer aspect, but that might be a part of it, like explain how yeah. the multiplayer works in the world. You know, absolutely. I really, really like that, man, for sure. Um, well, you know, you know, um, you know the the actually the the idea that I I mean about Silent Hills. Um, the thing that actually I would like to have more resonance. Is that is the moment in Silent Hill in PT 
where I mean, to me, the most terrifying moment was where um, in like one of the one of the late one of the last levels of where everything gets fucked up and you hear this Swedish radio transmission. Mm. And if you if you've seen like translations in in like in YouTube or something, uh, it's it's an it's a very strange transmission where the where the Swedish guy says something like uh, the 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 radio transmission from seventy years ago about the aliens was right, and mm. he ends up the transmission saying the gates uh, to a new dimension are about to open, and yeah. um, I got it. This is Don't I mean this it. is. This is an incredibly creepy moment. Like I said, to me, it's like the most terrifying moment mm. in, in the entire demo. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Yeah, I and think it's maybe, may, I mean, maybe, maybe that that idea um, kind of resonated uh, towards the stranding, and maybe you know, maybe these creatures are actually aliens that come from another dimension or, or something or like a gate that maybe bridges try to open so mm. um yeah that's that's kind of the thing like like i said before i don't i don't i don't think it's like the same universe with silent hills or anything but but that that's like an idea that's like a terrifying video a little radio transmission that i that i think uh may have something to do with what with what kojima is trying to do now uh, mm. with this running I agree. Um, I agree, Dan. Definitely. Um, but yeah, so that's. But I, I, I actually like both of your thoughts were super, like super insightful uh, on that one there, and I'm actually happy to tie um, this uh, threading the strands off with those, and we'll leave that as a sort of um, uh, teaser for you guys, um, for you listeners, to to sort of percolate on. So we'll head back into the main episode. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, I have two more, like out of nowhere, again, we're mixing the segments at all times, two more segments that I, two more um, Reddit readouts that I need to quickly do. So we have um, user Soul Arcanium said, my friend drew Mads Mikkelsen's game character in anticipation of the game. Um, this uh, a user actually super active. They actually commented on God of War podcast as well. Again, um, telling us about the their friend, um, Vanessa Ari Van Art. I think that's how to pronounce it. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that's how to say it. So Vanessa Reeve. Oh yeah, Vanessa Reeve. What am I talking about? Vanessa Reeve and Art. Beautiful, beautiful um, portrait there of the Mads character and also of um, Kratos over at the God of War uh, podcast. So again, wanted to shout you out for that one. Um, then the last one I wanted to quickly do before we sort of tail things off and um, head off in, into uh, the rest of our days. We have... Um, I'm just going to bring it up here. Uh, ooh, look at me doing so well. With, I was doing so well, and then I just like slipped away. It was a Philip K. Dick uh, article. Did you read that one there, guys? It was about like a short story, Ubik. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. see that at all. Let me quickly find it. I don't think it would be cool to just create that tease and then not really follow up on it. What is? I, I'm pretty convinced that sometimes when I'm looking through the web, like things are just they just flash in and out of being, and it just like. Yeah, just totally, totally does a loop for me. Like I can't really find things again, which um, which 
yeah, gives me the theory that, you know, we're all being watched. We're all being, uh, you know, having having the internet tailored to us. Oh. But needless to say, once I find it, I will definitely be able to. Give you, I found yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know Benibob, so Ubik similarity spoiler alert. So uh, 